Rebecca and Jerry have just announced their topics for fall quarter at Cold Wax Academy, which begins October 12th. So with a special focus on member participation, they are planning a couple of new features. One will be online mentoring to help with issues in creative practices. And one session this quarter will be devoted to members tracking their painting progress over the past year. The quarterly member critique and painting clinic for works in progress will also be featured along with further information on professional development. You can sign up for one of two membership levels at any time and catch up on the past two years of recorded weekly sessions at your own pace. So to hop on in for the fall quarter, that's coldwaxacademy.com, coldwaxacademy.com. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about self-assertion for artists. When artists deal with the world outside their studios, they are often called upon to state their needs, assert their rights, and sometimes to confront unfair actions by galleries, organizers, or clients. Most of us don't have agents or employees to handle these situations for us, so we need to handle them on our own. To be effective, you need to be confident and straightforward with the discussion. But instead, your personality may cause you to feel shy, socially awkward, or less than confident when you need to be self-assertive. Today's program is for those of you who struggle with confrontation and self-assertion in your dealings with the art world. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Yes, and, and that would be me, the person who struggles with confrontation. And I guess that would not be you, Ross. <laughs> uh, when we when we talked about this topic ahead of time, we realized that that you and I are different in our personalities, uh, in this case at least. So we're hoping that makes for an interesting discussion today. Um, it is when it is a problem for someone, um, it, it's hard to overcome. And and I've always had at least an aversion to conflict, to confrontation. And I've really struggled with situations in which I have to stand up for myself. Um, so I, I'm not really great at giving advice about this, but I know it's an important topic. And it's something that causes a lot of stress for people who who aren't, you know, who for whom as, being assertive doesn't come um, easily. And I mean, I can say for myself that I do have a line, you know, I have a point. I can I can be sort of avoiding for a while dealing with something and then I'll get to a point where I say enough's enough you know and then I can do it but it's harder for me to um anticipate things or kind of um you know stop things before they get to that point because I am sort of avoiding it <laughs> and and I know this and it can be so situational. I mean, it, it depends so much on the person who you're dealing with. Um, is In terms of how approachable is this person? Um, is this a relationship that you would like to salvage? Or is it a bridge that you're willing to burn? Um, and mm-hmm. and those, those kinds of things have an, a huge impact on, on this situation and handling it. Um, and, uh-huh. and so that, that can yeah. make things more complicated. We can, we can kind of talk about that as we go. But. Yeah, I mean, I... I, in quite a long time ago, had a situation with a gallery where, you know, it just became un, unworkable and I was ready to leave. 
And you're right. In that case, it wasn't as hard. I just, you know, this is it. I'm going to do it. And um, I, you know, I, I was upset and angry enough that I had that sort of <laughs> assertive energy uh, to, to pull me through. But yeah, there's other times where it feels a little more delicate. You don't, you know, you want to keep the relationship and then it's a matter of, of handling it well. And it was interesting uh, to prepare for this um, podcast. I thought, well, I'll Google self-assertion just as a word. And it was interesting that both positive descriptions of this and negative descriptions or, you know, articles and things came up. Um, but the definition that I saw uh, that was positive was the act of asserting oneself or one's own rights, claims, and opinions. Um, and also, uh, self-assertion is confidence that you have in speaking firmly about your opinions and demanding the rights that you believe you should have. Um, and then the, the more negative description of it, as a definition, the act of putting forth your own opinions in a boastful or inconsiderate manner that implies that you feel superior to others. And there were synonyms like aggression and belligerence. <laughs> and so it's so interesting that the very idea of asserting yourself has these mixed messages. You know, and, and I think for someone who feels uncomfortable with the idea it's because you're sort of identifying with that that second more negative view of it and it you know it underlies that hesitation and that you know I don't want to be belligerent you know that sort of thing um and it, I don't know I just found it like I've never looked up a word that had such opposite uh implications before it it is it is like a hard uh kind of line to walk between those those two areas um, but the, the the real danger in not asserting yourself is that you are you do get taken advantage of and and also it, it breeds this I think more toxic energy of, of kind of of kind of passive aggression or um, you know feeling uh, uh, the the temptation to undermine your working relationship with somebody in other ways mm. um, and so I, I think that it is, it's it's unfortunate that there's um, that confrontation uh, is is viewed in in such a negative light because mm -hmm. when things are not done in the open, they tend to be done in secret. If that makes sense. Oh, it does, um, and and you can you can feel quite badly about yourself if you don't stand up for yourself. Um, and you're right; you can also be taken advantage of. Things can just deteriorate because there's built up resentments and there's, you know, built up, uh, well, lack of communication often where, you know, if you're not really talking things out, you may be assuming things that may or may not be true. Um, I, <laughs> so yeah, this, this sort of fear of assertion, I guess, for artists comes up in any in any situation where you're dealing with with the public with the outside world and very often with with galleries with um say commission situations with policies in the gallery all kinds of things and um sometimes you know as kind of a 
uh, I don't know what, a, a method that I prefer to use is to write is to write emails. <laughs> now, emails can be misinterpreted. Emails can be lost or simply not answered. But for somebody who has trouble verbalizing in a confronting situation, you know, it's it's a chance to really you know shape your message and try to come off in a in an even measured and you know way that isn't passive aggressive or anything like that. And then you also have it in writing, you know, and sometimes in a situation where you're trying to work something out, you may think that you worked something out, but if it's not written down, it either you misinterpreted it or it can be, you know, pushed aside. So that's, you know, I think we're mainly talking about verbal situations today, but I just wanted to mention that one isn't isn't a bad way to go about it if you if you have trouble in the moment, you know, uh, and I think in the moment when you're speaking with someone, I think a lot of artists are sensitive people. And we have, many of us have this personality where we're not particularly um, able to be articulate in the moment and, or, or we're angry, we come off badly, <laughs> or, you know, we're, somehow passive aggressive or all those things that you just mentioned that are a bit a bit toxic um but that you know that that situation that i mentioned where if you don't react and you don't defend yourself you can be kind of mad at yourself later and you you know it's that classic situation of what i should have said and why didn't i bring that up and all those things um even if it's a face-to-face -face interaction or over the phone, it's not a bad idea to kind of write things out ahead of time so that you have, just so that you have your thoughts more organized. Um, yes. So that you, even just for your own benefit. Right. And and if you, um, you know, talk to somebody not in the situation, a friend, your spouse, somebody, talk through it, get you know, get get it off your chest, get, you know, vent a little bit, whatever it is. And if the person you're talking to is level-headed, you can probably work out what are the main points, you know, where where has this fallen apart? What is it exactly that's unfair about it and that you're upset about? And um, I think that that can help sort of dissipate the upset energy about it it's not a good situation, I don't think, to just in the moment of when you're feeling upset to to pick up the phone or, you know, march over to the gallery or whatever it is uh, to, and, and I wouldn't personally do those things because I have such an aversion to it, but I know people do things in the heat of being upset. And um, yeah, that can be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. You don't you don't want to say something that you're going to regret later. Um, you know, at the same time, though, if uh, if you are not able to bring up issues with the people that you're working with, um, I, I don't think that that's a relationship worth having. Mm. Uh, if, if you're not if you're not able to come to somebody and say, hey, look, this is a problem and we need to solve it, uh, then it's it's not going to be a positive working relationship. Yeah, and I think that's where it gets really hard 
because um, many artists try uh, very hard to get into galleries, to get into situations where they're going to get their work out there, they're going to sell their work. And, you know, they're not easy to come by. And then when you have something that is at least more or less working, but there are these problems with communication, it's, wow, pretty hard to walk away from that. Um, and and to figure out, well, how do you approach this? How How can you work how can you continue to work with somebody when there are advantages to yourself, even though the person is not really open to talking about problems? I mean, I guess you're saying, well, walk away. Uh, and I, I think that's probably good advice. I know it's difficult. And I've, and I've done that before, and I've, I've probably lost out on, on pretty substantial opportunities because of doing that. But mm. I, I also feel like I've probably saved myself a whole lot of headache and heartache. Um, uh-huh. by, by being like, Hey, uh, th- this is not working, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's a very hard, um, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to judge in the moment. And it's, uh, it's very easy to second guess your decisions afterward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. And I, I think most people would try for a while. They would try to establish better communication with whoever it is that they're struggling with. But I get it. There can be a point where you say it's really not worth it, and and to believe that there's something better, to believe that there's somebody that you know they can work with in a more positive way if they leave this one. Uh, you know, I guess you know it's a classic situation with quitting a job, as you mentioned. It's and you're as an artist, your your job involves um, these people that are meant to be helping you, (laughs) you know, if you're working with galleries, agents, um, you know, designers, whatever it is that you're, whoever it is you're dealing with, they're meant to be there to work with you in a positive way. Yeah, when that's not happening, that is um, recognizing that and not telling yourself, oh, it'll get better. Oh, I can, I can handle this for a while. And and like I was saying earlier, I personally do get to a point where I just say that's enough. <laughs> but but everybody has a different point with that, and and your point may come sooner than my point with that. And but as you say, maybe you save yourself a lot of you know emotional wrangling in your own head at least <laughs> uh, to you know, just self-justification and, and venting and all those things, we get worked up about stuff. Um, and then where does it go? It's just, it's just pressure inside. And you start to feel bad about that particular relationship. And it's, you know, as you say, a bit, a bit toxic. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, I, and I, I think it is disrespectful to the person you're talking to, um, to not give them the benefit of the doubt in terms of their ability to handle uh, maybe a difficult conversation. Oh, um, well, that's I, true. I, I think yeah. that it's you. You need to um, treat other people as if they are professionals. If you're not treating them as as if they can handle um, a difficult conversation, you bringing a problem to them, then you're treating them with kid gloves. You're you're treating them. Um, like somebody who's not a real professional, mm. um, and and so it's I think it is disrespectful to um, to not not treat people 
um, in, in an honest fashion. If you're, if you're not being honest with people that you're, you're working with in a professional capacity, then it's, it is, it is disrespectful to them. And I suppose the, the, the turning point really is if you've tried it, you've tried to talk to them and they, they turn you off, you know, they give you excuses, they get angry, whatever it is. Um, then at that point, maybe that's, that's when you say, mm, they probably are not going to change. <laughs> so, so your attempts to communicate, they're being turned away. Maybe that's the, the cutoff point there from what you're saying. Um, well, and right. Again, and it's, if, and if they're, if that's their reaction, then, then either they're not a very professional person or they, or they don't respect you. And do you want to work with mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't respect you? Right. Let's take a quick break to talk about some deals that are available right now from Blick. There's some really great products from R&F that are on sale right now. The pigment sticks and the encaustic paints are both on sale. So if you use the R&F pigment sticks or encaustic paints, make sure to pick them up right now at a discount and be sure to use our affiliate link, which is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That way Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio Podcast. It costs you nothing, it's easy, and it is an incredible benefit to the show. If you're a longtime listener, you probably already have it bookmarked, so just remember to use your bookmarked affiliate link when you order. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. All right, let's get back into it. Yeah, I, I mean, that standing up for yourself is not the same as initiating conflict. And I think that's that's one thing that I, I got from some of my reading is for for certain personality types, I think, who avoid conflict, it feels that way. It feels like if I say what I need, I'm asking for trouble. <laughs> and that is that is not professional. And I certainly recognize that. Um, it's it's a personality thing that is deeply ingrained and if you're behaving in a professional capacity, you really do have to to make steps to be to state your needs. Um, and I think when the, when it's a situation that has built up over time, you know, you're you're noticing patterns, you're noticing things that aren't working. I think you can anticipate or plan for this a meeting or, you know, we need to speak about something. Sometimes you're blindsided by stuff um, and things people do or say that, you know, you, you don't, uh, some people at least don't react in the moment. <laughs> sort of, it, it's so unexpected. I think you, um, you sort of expect people to treat you in a good way and then suddenly something will come at you. And I suppose when that happens, um, you just have to forgive yourself for not responding in the best way and see what you can learn from it. Um, I, I'm not sure if I told this story before in the podcast, but I had a studio visitor who, who was from a gallery who came into my studio and was actually quite rude about my work. And, you know, it, we were not having a good conversation. <laughs> and, and I thought, and I was polite, you know, I was nice because I'm nice. <laughs> and afterwards, I really thought, why didn't I say, well, you know, I, I think we're done here. You know, basically kick her out in a nice way. Um, and 
And you said that. I told you about that. I remember. And you said, why did you let her stay in your studio and insult you? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I was so blindsided by it that I just, I couldn't uh, formulate my response because I, I felt so distracted by what was, you know, what was going on. So those things happen. And I guess, like I said, you're just, maybe you cannot anticipate them, but you can think about them later and say, if that happens again, I will stand up for myself. And I will say, you know, I basically, I, I don't think we have much more to say here. Something like that. Yeah, you have to be able to assert your boundaries. And it, it's also, um, it's, uh, I think that it's important to, to view your time as valuable. If, if somebody comes into your studio and is occupying your space and your time, and it's very obvious that this is not going to be a fruitful relationship, then there's no reason to continue it for mm. any length of time. You know, it's yeah. it, like if they're, if they're going to spend an hour in your studio basically just insulting you and they're clearly not going to represent you and if they they do choose to represent you then they're going to be uh <laughs> wanting you to change everything about yourself and your art um it, it it's it's pretty clear that this is not going to be a working relationship and there's no reason to to spend that full hour with that person you know if you can figure that out in 15 or 20 minutes then it's i i think it's completely fine to say well i i, I can i can see that this isn't going to be something that's going to work you know yeah and that's exactly it i i pretty much yeah within about 10 or 15 minutes after giving her the benefit of the doubt and thinking oh we'll, we'll get to the good part pretty soon you know and then realizing that wasn't going to happen that's that is when i should have said that and so yeah you learn i mean i i don't think i would let that happen again and as artists we do we do find ourselves in these situations sometimes, particularly with uh, people who, you, you know, you're 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 in the position with them where you really want them to like your work and to establish relationships. So you're sort of uh, in the in the position of trying to imp appeal to them, and you know, you, you can hold out a bit too long thinking you're going to appeal to them when, in fact, they have dismissed you. And sometimes there's a bit of power play going on where there are personalities that enjoy, you know, being in that powerful position and telling an artist, well, you're really not what we want, and I'm going to spend the next hour telling you why, <laughs> you know. It's, right, and... And and the flip side of that is is it it you you should also be able to be on the other side of of that that criticism and and be able to not only say hey this is what I need but when somebody else comes to you and says this is what I need from you you should be able to accept that you should be able to accept a certain amount of polite criticism and mm -hmm. uh, and also um, be able to to humble yourself to. Uh, to not not live in a place of pride um, and say, you know, I could I could do that better. Um, and I so I, I think that we need to allow others to push us in positive ways and we need to be able to push others in positive ways. Um, and it's without getting so caught up in in our egos. Yeah, very good. Very good advice. Yeah. 
and that that holding out hope that somehow you're going to be good enough in their eyes, I mean, that's not good for either of you. <laughs> and, you know, I think, un- unfortunately, whenever artists are given advice, most of the time, when you're given advice about how to propose things, how to present yourself to galleries, how to, you know, get things happening, you're often... Um, the advice is really for the artist to present their best side, of course, uh, but not not really enough about understanding when something really isn't going to work. And it's it's more it is a it is a two way relationship, obviously. And so part of being assertive is getting that. And I I think that's a good point to to understand that there's two sides to this and it's simply not working. It's not necessarily personal at all. It's just, you know, yeah, what's what's a good fit? What isn't a good fit? Um, And I, I wanted to talk a little bit also about when when you know that when you're going to prepare for something, when you need you know, it's not in the moment. It's, I see that I'm not getting paid by this gallery in time or whatever it is. You you see a situation building up and you know you have to say something about it. And so I, again, I was online and I, I saw an article. It was by a woman named Brenda Smythe and it was on the SkillPath website. And she she listed a number of tips and things for those situations where you know, it's almost like you're going to have a meeting about something or you, you're making a very pointed request. And she had some good tips. I, I didn't think all of them were that applicable, but her basic point was how to be assertive, but also polite at the same time. Um, and one of them, this is really classic advice, but using I statements, saying I think, um, I don't agree, it it sounds less accusatory than, you know, you're wrong. I, you know, you're you're being unfair. You're doing this all wrong. You know, and in a in a polite, if you're approaching somebody in a polite way, I think that comes very naturally to people to present their point of view, saying, "I am experiencing this. I am feeling this way or that way." Um, another thing is not to be too global about it. You know, like. I just don't feel like we communicate, you know, that's, that's not specific enough. So probably present only one problem at a time, you're not unloading everything at once, you're opening the door for uh, further communication by, you know, giving something, one thing that can be solved, you know, one thing that you can focus on, they can focus on, and you can work it out. Um, also, again, classic advice, offering something in a positive vein before you say something that's a problem. So in this situation I talked about with a person in my studio, uh, I could say, well, you know, thanks very much for visiting my studio, but I don't think this is going to work out, you know, like sort of this polite uh, opening, you know, at least makes it easier for the person who has trouble with confrontation. I, I would find it easier to launch into a a problematic situation by, you know, and if, if it's something with a gallery, you know, thanks for all your hard work on this exhibit, but there's something I need to say about, you know, how it was installed or whatever it is that's bothering you. 
and so giving them you know a little pat on the back i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that with kind of greasing the wheels a little bit um, well and i i think it's something like five positive interactions with a person that that everyone needs for one negative interaction or to still view mm-hmm. that relationship as a positive relationship. Right. So generally, whenever you can be positive, whenever you can say, thank you, that was great. Um, yeah, I, I think you really handled that well, whatever it is. Yeah, you're right. And then then they're going to be more open. They're going to be more receptive when you have to bring something up. Um, and and when you do give criticism, it's it's a good thing to... Um, to come with a solution, uh, mm-hmm. not just a, I, I don't like that you do this, but a, yeah. you know, I would prefer if you did this instead of this. Right. Um, and, and when you offer those solutions, there's there's an acronym um, that's, that's often used in, uh, I know they use it in the military, they use it in like relationship development courses, things like that. Uh, and it's SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And it stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. And the and t- the, the oh. time bound is very important. So it's, um, you know, I would prefer if you did this when this happens instead of this, or I would uh-huh. prefer if you did this, you know, on this time frame. It's and 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 it's then things become goals rather than just complaints. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's, and definitely the more specific rather than vague, you know, irritations is, is going to have is going to help. It's going to produce more results. Um, another thing that was mentioned in this article I was reading was don't be apologetic or self-effacing. Um, I think um, many people have this tendency; they have to bring up something that they're uncomfortable with, and they start by saying things like. Uh, you know, it, it might just be me, but I think that, you know, or uh, I, I'm sorry to bother you with this, but this is a problem. And those kind of prefacing statements in which you are apologetic when you don't really need to be, this is, you know, you have a legitimate thing to say, so you don't have to apologize for bringing it up. It's a strong tendency for a lot of people to be self-effacing in all kinds of situations. So that would be something you'd really have to coach yourself to not um, come off that way. And we mentioned in a, a previous podcast uh, some things about being confident, even when you don't necessarily feel like it. So you have to, you when you have this sort of confrontation, talking about things, it is important to generate whatever confidence you can find and to show it in your body language and your eye contact if you're talking with someone in person and try to try to stay into that zone because you again it is easy to get knocked out of that by a person's reaction sometimes people are pretty defensive when you're speaking to them and they'll say something that will undermine your confidence um they'll say something like well you know i I don't have time to deal with that or, um, you know, every everybody wants this, but I just can't manage it, you know, and these kind of things that you feel like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong to be asking this. And so, wow, trying to maintain, try to stay on script, try to remember what you need and what they need to hear that you need is really important and very difficult. <laughs> so as I said at the beginning of this podcast, 
I'm not great at giving advice about this because it's something that I struggle with myself. Um, and I mean, I, I can see the opening, the opening way that you approach someone is one thing. And I think we've, you know, you had some good tips and this kind of approach where you're polite, direct, all those things. When you're in the middle of the discussion and somebody's trying to throw you off track, that's another challenge, isn't it? it yeah, it sure is. And and I would also, um, you know, going back to you, you had kind of mentioned apologizing at times when you don't need to apologize. Um, it, but I think that we should address that sometimes you do need to apologize for something. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's it is important to. Uh, it, part of expressing your own needs is also recognizing the needs of others and recognizing when you messed up. And, right. And we all need to apologize for things all the time. If if you if you're not apologizing to people in your life uh, for things that you've gotten wrong, then you're 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 not doing it right. You need to be you need to be able to apologize genuinely to people. Um, when when something goes wrong, especially if these are relationships that you want to maintain over a period of time, uh, and that that applies to your business relationships as well as your personal relationships, and it's um, a genuine apology does not start with the words "I'm sorry that you" or "I'm sorry but" or "I'm sorry if I." You know, a, a genuine <laughs> apology is "I'm sorry yeah. that I did this thing," and and yes. here's what I'm going to do to fix it. And uh, so it's it, it's very important to have that skill because a, a genuine apology. Um, it a lot of times when when things break down with other people, it's it's not just that our needs are not being met; it's that we are not meeting their needs and they're not vocalizing it. And so right. a lot of times in these discussions, when we when we say, "Hey, here's what I need. This is not happening," um, a lot of times people are going to come back at us with, "Well, here's what you did." And you mm-hmm. need to be able you need to be able to genuinely apologize if you if you did something wrong, right? Recognizing your your role in the communication breakdown, whatever it is. Um, for example, maybe you're working with a gallery and you feel that they didn't uh, do enough publicity, let's say, and then you recognize that okay, you were a little bit late in getting them what they needed to do that, so. I'm sorry that I didn't get you what you needed in time. Um, I, I think it's important to point out too that the apologies um, they can be genuine even if even if you have excuses. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's say that <laughs> that that even if even if there's a a an explanation for your behavior. Uh, that it's still okay to apologize, and it's still it, you can still mean it. Uh, and, oh, and you can still yeah. do it without saying, I'm sorry that you, or I'm sorry if I, or I'm sorry, but you can, mm-hmm. you can still say this is, this is something that I did. Yes. There was an explanation for it. Yes. But we don't need to make excuses right now. We need to make a genuine apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then working out, well, usually I would, I would imagine in most situations, uh, you could have done something better. They could have done something better. And so hopefully it's a conversation about how can we do this better in the future. Right. Uh, unless, and you know, honestly, there are people that artists will deal with who are very unreasonable. And I think, you know, 
kind of going back to earlier in the discussion, recognizing when that's happening is is important and often is hard to recognize or acknowledge or say, I need to make a change. Uh, I need to leave this situation. So it's a full range. I mean, it's, you know, I think that the easiest, the best situations are where you can have that honest conversation. Um, I have a problem with this. Um, and then the person says, yes, but, and then you have a discussion about it. So, you know, that's okay. I think most people can handle that pretty well. Um, and, and you know, the the better communication, the better relationship you have with whoever it is you're working with, you will have had experiences by confrontations that are not not aggressive, but simply working out problems. You've probably had some of those, so you can draw on that experience to know that this person you can work it out with them. Um, but it is a range, and there there are people that you know you really can't. And as you said at the beginning, then maybe time to walk away. Yeah, don't don't waste too much time on it. If if you if you're giving, you know, if you're if you're treating yourself with respect, you're treating them with respect. You're you're being humble. You're you're not you're not coming from a pay, a, a place of pride or ego. You're not raising your voice with this person, uh, and and what you're getting back is nothing but hostility and nothing but. Um, you know, accusations and, you know, you, you own as much of it as you can, but at the end of it, you say, this is just too toxic. I mean, a, a lot of times these business relationships, they're kind of a lot like dating. You know, there's things that are just not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And, and at, at some point you got to just call it quits with somebody. And if you, mm-hmm. if you realize that early on, then, Hey, you didn't waste a, an, an extra second of time on them that you didn't need to. Yeah. Good advice. So do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yes, it occurred to me that for some people listening to this, you may wonder why we're even talking about this. Like, why is this an issue? Because some of you handle things well. You stand up when you need to. Um, You're not losing sleep over things. It's not creating a lot of anxiety. That is a, a personality type that, you know, exists and and all power to you, but <laughs> I would say many of us do struggle. And even thinking about this topic, even writing these notes for me put me on edge. You know, it's like thinking about times when I've had to confront people, times when it didn't go well, how difficult this can be. Um, it made me um, easy, uneasy. And I, I'm, we did not dive into or touch on why that is for for certain people why do people have difficulty with self-assertion um i as i i said it's a personality trait that is usually pretty deeply ingrained and confronting that or the reasons for that is way beyond the scope of what we can talk about here but in you know as you move forward with an art career trying to overcome this and find strategies to deal with it as best you can is important. Well, and, and I would add too that even if you're not, uh, if you don't uh, shy away from confrontation, um, you probably 
could deal with it better and uh you probably it probably still makes you uncomfortable when things don't mm. go right you probably mm-hmm. get upset when things don't go right and yes <laughs> so it's it, no matter how comfortable you are with saying hey we'll go there it it can still be it can still be difficult and it could it's still a skill that needs to be developed right yeah All good right. thoughts <laughs> well that about wraps up this episode of the messy studio For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.